Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so excited to have you join us once again. And if you are new to the show, please remember that this is the place where you are educated, empowered, entertained, and inspired to go live a fearlessly authentic life. So if this is your first time listening, you are in for a treat with my guest today. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We have a five-star rating. I want to keep it that way. I love hearing from all of you. Keep the emails coming. You could DM me. Um, you could also see my interviews on Fearlessly Authentic. If you go to at Jody Harrison Bauer, you can check out my guests. I have a very handsome guest on my show today, and uh, we are just going to get right into it. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. His name is Craig Siegel, and he is a value-based and high-energy keynote speaker and rising thought leader as featured in Entrepreneur and endorsed by some of the world's most known celebrities, entertainers, athletes, and entrepreneurs, such as Rob Drydeck, Ed Milet. Bethany Hamilton, Suzanne Summers, we have to talk about her, Alicia Silverstone, and NFL Hall of Famer Brian Dawkins. When the pandemic happened, Craig felt guided and left his lucrative and stable job on Wall Street and went all in with his passion and purpose to help people upgrade their mindset and fulfill their potential. Craig's unique combination of huge energy, motivation, inspiration, charisma, and business success has led to the meteoric should I say the right meteoric rise of Cultivate Lasting Symphony, CLS, a contagious, never seen explosion that has impacted millions of lives worldwide. Removing limit, limiting beliefs in the, is the key to success in all areas of life. Most people feel unworthy. Craig helps people release the negative beliefs they have cultivated over time and implement positive and constructive thoughts which then create powerful and positive beliefs, which change your behaviors and ultimately create brand new results in your relationships, business, and all facets of life. Amen. Whoa, that is amazing. And I love what you do. And that's why I am so happy to have you on Fearlessly Authentic. Craig Siegel, welcome to the show. Wow. Talk about an unbelievable introduction. I'm usually the one dishing those out. It felt nice to be on the receiving end. I receive all of that. Thank you so much. We probably could have chatted for an hour before we hit record, but I just wanted to save some of the juices of the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm pumped to be here today. Let's rock and roll. Thank you. Thank you. It is, you know, um, you jump right out on the screen. You caught my eye on social media scrolling through. We know a lot of the same people. You know, it gets to be a little bit um, you know, niche as we find all these people kind of doing this same but different things. And I love to learn from everybody. And you popped out because you were so different. You were so raw. And what, you know, I know in the bio, you said during the pandemic, you switched your job, but really, can you go back there and tell us what happened? Were you unhappy in your job? Did you feel like a need to serve? What was really your purpose? Yeah, it was very deep. I was on Wall Street for 13 years. I did the stock thing for a while and it was a lot of fun until it wasn't, as you can mm. imagine, with all the unpredictability and stress. And so what I discovered during that season of my life is that making money doesn't necessarily equal success, right? And I have a feeling you can agree with this. At this season of my life, I determined success by how big of an impact we make and how happy we are. And so I pivoted from the stock thing and I started my own business, providing capital to businesses all across the country. Uh, less stressful, lucrative, but very unfulfilling. Uh, I was waking up on Mondays and it's like pains me to say this, but I have to be honest to show people that change is possible. I was looking forward to the weekend. It felt like a J-O-B and I know that's not how life's supposed to be, but I got stuck in the rat race and, and that's on me. I, I want to be clear. I was maybe too scared to make the tough choices, like to ask myself if I was happy. 
And I had, was in a little bit of a dark season. I had just got out of a toxic relationship. My pops, my best friend in the world had gotten diagnosed with cancer. I didn't like the reflection in the mirror. I was just straight up sad. I lost my smile. I was unfulfilled. Um, and it was just a, a dark chapter. But I think we all need to go through that because sometimes we need to see the darkness to want to see the light. I started running. Um, I got really into it. I started running a bunch of marathons. In fact, I ran one last week in Chicago. And that was great for I me. saw because, that. Yeah, hell yeah. It was an outlet, right? It was an opportunity for me to be a gladiator in an arena. And the reason why I love running is because you're not necessarily competing against other people. You're competing against you, that voice in your head, just like life. And so I fell in love with it, but I wasn't looking to become a professional runner. Fast forward the pandemic, bang, global awakening, at least for me. I looked around, I had to shut down my office. I couldn't even work if I wanted to. And I just saw a lot of people doing a lot of Netflix and a lot of day drink. And I said, that's not going to be me. I'm available, maybe for the first time in my life, to put myself in that frequency to receive creative divine downloads. Why am I here? What would make me happy? I know I'm here for more of an impact, to, to make a contribution, to leave a legacy. And so very quickly, once I, I feel like you're in, you're saying exactly what I feel in my brain, oh, yeah. but I'm well, like I knew was be 30, 30 years, but I'm like 30 years older than you, but it's just taken me a while. <laughs> but you look younger than me. <laughs> no, not true. Not true. But so anyway, so very quickly it came to me. I've always been obsessed with personal development. I use it to have success in different areas of life. But I said, maybe it's not just a passion. Maybe it's a purpose. And then I said, well, what am I good at? And humbly, I say, it's my ability to communicate effectively. I combine those two. Look, do a thing, do it well. If you're going to think in this world, you might as well think big. I didn't want to be the next Tony Robbins. I want to be the first Craig Siegel. There was no guarantee that this was going to work out, but I knew this. It would be tough. It'd be challenging. I might fall on my butt, but I pick myself back up. I'd be obsessed. I'd be resourceful. But the only regret that I would have is now that I finally had clarity, if I didn't take that shot, if I didn't take that swing, if I chose to go back doing what made me miserable, then that's on me. I shot my shot. And very humbly, I say over the last two years, the brand has exploded. We have one of the top business podcasts on the planet, sponsored by Mark Cuban, speaking all over the country, uh, now worldwide. We just got a big book deal, communities, coaching, all that stuff. Sold the business on Wall Street. And this is it for me. And I'll land the plane with this. And I know you can relate to this. People are always like, what are you on? And you even mentioned it earlier, like jumping at the screen. It took me 35 years, but I finally found what sets my soul on fire and why I'm here. This isn't work to me. I genuinely love this stuff and we're just getting warmed up. That's an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I I just, I feel it in it and it resonates so much of what you say resonates with me as I'm sure it does with everybody who's working with you or has hired you to bring them into their businesses or into their teams and because I think your story is something that everybody could relate to at some point in their life. But I know that there are a lot of people that I know that look at me and look at people like you and go, but how do you know? How do you know you were meant for something bigger? How do you know that your passion is your purpose? How do you know? I don't even know what I'm excited about. I don't know what my passion is. I don't know. I don't really give a shit what it could be. For those people, I say, because I've been training people for 33 years and women, and it's not about, and I know you're really into fitness also, it's not about fitness. It's about what I do in that personal training room with them. It's getting into their head to build the confidence for them to realize what, what their power is. So knowing this, did you feel you had to go to that darker place first? Because a lot of people feel like they had to hit rock bottom. Like, wow, that's deep. To be honest with you, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that like exactly the way you articulate. It's a beautiful question. And, and look, I, I'd love to tell people listening, all your listeners right now, no, you could just figure it out in a good place. But the truth of the matter is, is sometimes you have to get to a point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. And, and I got to a point where I, I, look, I just, we're all here for more. Spoiler, everybody's here for a reason, right? We're all here with a purpose. And I believe it's our, not only like an option, it's our job to identify what our assignment is 
and then serve and then make an impact. It doesn't have to be personal development. It could be anything. We all have an assignment. No one's exempt from that. Everybody is special. Took me a little while longer to figure it out, but it is what it is. Um, look, I'm sure you could find your calling or, or hear those whispers or maybe have a spiritual awakening from, from a good place. Um, but from my experience and from a lot of people that I know, sometimes it comes from a dark place. I, I like to say that the real growth happens or, or that real spiritual transformation in the trauma, right? When you're going through some shit, for lack of better words, is, is when all of a sudden you have a bit of awakening or when something clicks. So I, I dare to say uh, darkness is a prerequisite for something really special. I agree with you. And I think we become very, I think we become complacent and then we go a little dark and then mm-hmm. we're, we're complacent with that darkness. And then it get maybe gets a little bit darker. Like we feel alone. We feel lonely. We feel like we're going to a job every day. We are depleted by that job, by the people, by, oh my God, I got to get up and go to work and do this. It just, it's depleting and it's got to be fulfilling instead of depleting. We've got to, instead of emptying ourselves out every day and feeling like, I know I'm really good at this, but I can't do this anymore. And there's, there's a higher purpose, purpose for me because like you, and I have two grown children, um, I want to leave a legacy, you know? And when I was a stay-at-home mom, since my oldest was born in 1989, I, I always wanted them to know <laughs> one of the reasons I got divorced, which was my dark time and then led to a bigger time was I didn't want them to know the mom that they were getting to know, which was I was being told what to do by my ex-husband all the time. I was confined to what the restrictions were of that marriage, that what I what I had to be in the suburbs as Jody the mom. And all they did was see me go shopping and out for lunch. And I'm like, no. I'm much more that I was involved in, in fundraisers and so on. So they saw that too, but I knew I had a higher purpose. And I think that there are a lot of men and women that find themselves so stuck and they might not have reached those dark places and we don't want them to get there, I'm sure. And that's why they reach out to people like you to say, I got to get out of here. I know I'm meant for something greater, bigger. I'm more powerful than I I'm living my life. What do you say to those people? Yeah. First of all, so, so much to unpack there. I, I love this conversation already. Two things. Number one, like what you went through is actually what qualifies you to speak to the person that might be going through what you once went through. So for anybody listening, like you have to go through those dark times and then get through it because that's what gives you credibility. And the second I want to say is this, and this is really deep, but, but I often say this to people at the risk of, of them being triggered. Look, if you have kids, right? or somebody that really looks up to you and you're telling them that they could do anything they want in this world. They could be whoever they want to be. They can accomplish anything, but then you're not doing that at first. They're going to look at you, right. And say, well, wait a minute, mom, you're telling me I could do anything, but you're unfulfilled and you're not chasing your dreams. How can I, or why should I? So I love the vulnerability that you just shared. And it's like, you realize that you may not have been setting the best example. You didn't want them to, to really get to know that version of you. But now look, now what can they say? You really went for it. You're making a massive impact. I know you're just getting warmed up. For anybody listening out there, like we're all meant for more. If you're going to tell people that they can do it, they're going to look at you first. So you better make sure that you're chasing your dreams or going after or fulfilling your assignment 100%. Right, because you couldn't speak. And thank you for acknowledging what I've gone through. I appreciate Hell that. Yeah. Um, you can't really speak to people in an authentic voice unless you've gone through something yourself or you put, you know, we could never walk in anybody else's shoes. Well, maybe we have. And when I do get criticized by other people, judged by other people for walking, doing my walk on social media, best wearing on social media, by the way, (laughs) thank you, uh, is and like, you know what, walk, walk a mile in my shoes and then understand why this walk, why this powerful walk that I do means so much to me. And it was when I started competing in fitness shows that I was trying to be somebody else until my coach said to me, Harrison, just freaking walk the way you want to walk. 
it's your walk. Just create your own friggin' walk. And I was scared. I'm like, I don't know what my walk is. So that's why that walk means so much to me. Is there, was there that turning point for you besides being in that maybe darker place that went, oh, wait a minute, this is it. This, this is, I know I want to serve people. I know I have this heart, but what was maybe the, maybe something very specific that triggered that thought to you? I just, like you, you talk about legacy, right? And from studying NLP and personal development, I always remember this eulogy exercise where it's like, if this was it for you, let's just say hypothetically two weeks from now and everyone was at your funeral that was close to you, what would they say, right? Like, yeah, you may have made some good friendships and made some impacts, but how big of an impact, right? Like, yeah. did you leave a legacy? And, and, and I had to be real honest with myself in the beginning of the pandemic. And the answer was not really, no. And so when I thought of CLS, I was like, look, this sounds uh, challenging. Uh, uh, believe it or not, I'm pretty shy. I'm an introvert. At the time, I had 300 Instagram followers. And I just said, um, I got to put myself out there. I got to be 100% authentic and vulnerable and myself. And I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea or glass of whiskey. And that's okay. But one thing that I have to absolutely commit to is showing up as my true authentic self right. really for the first time in my life. It's scary. It, it is scary, but it's also powerful, right? Because now it's like, you got nothing on me. This is me. Take it or leave it. And, and if you don't like it, that's okay. Right. But, but I'm going to show up as me. I got nothing to hide. And so the scary really quickly turned into exciting with a different perspective. Uh, and I rolled with that. Um, and obviously you want to have some sort of privacy, but for the most part, um, this is me for the rest of my life. So what was your first pod? What was your first Instagram post about? What did you think it was going to be about? And has it changed? Yeah. And also like I have an expression, if you're not embarrassed with who you were a year ago, you're not growing. Right. So like, I'll go, if you go back to my. So true. So, yeah. so true. I look back. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Cause you're trying things, right. You're putting yourself out there. My first Instagram uh, video, <laughs> I remember very specifically. Um, it was a, a little bit of a velty of me talking. It's hilarious now that I'm thinking about it. It says, hi, my name is Craig Siegel. Welcome to Cultivate Lasting Symphony or CLS, playing my initials. Um, this is what I've been up to and this is what I'm going to start doing. I'd love for you to come along with the ride. Um, and I basically introduced myself in the company and I, it was me sitting on my couch, um, right? And I was on like a nice cute little button down and I just spoke for about two minutes. And I posted it on Instagram and then I made a Facebook group and I started inviting people in there. And I just said, look, this is a little goofy, but it is what it is. I needed to do something instead of just start posting content because everyone would be like, what is, I don't get it. What is Craig doing? So I wanted to establish um, that I'm going to step into this arena um, so you understand what's going on. And it's not for everybody, but we'll see. You can go back and find it. I believe it was july 2020 let, probably just about two years ago um and, and then i hit the ground running it and i started to really buy into the process and have a lot of fun with it but just to be clear going back and watching the video now it is embarrassing but again that's just such a sign of growth right so putting yourself out there trying new things and of course we get better more seasoned as we go along and we, and we get a little bit clearer on what our point is that because as you sure. said you're evolving and you're learning and you're finding mentors, you're finding people that jive with the message you want to get out more clearly. Sure. Yep. So who are some of your mentors? Who are some of the people you look up to when you started this business two, two and a half years ago? Yeah. So people that I looked up to in this space um, that I resonated with, obviously everyone knows Tony Robbins, the godfather, right. um, but I really looked at people like Ed Milet, John Gordon, uh, John Asaroff from The Secret. And the funny part is, is these are all some of my closest friends now. Uh, probably a manifestation of, of some sorts. But ultimately, those are my indirect mentors. I, I liked what they're doing. I looked at it, but I made it my own. But then I actually worked with, with a direct mentor, Dave Meltzer, who I know you, you know as well. He's become one of my best friends in the world. We have a weekly show called The Paradigm Shift, which has got greenlit for Apple TV. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him next week. Give him a big hug for me. I will. I will. Yeah. Love him. And uh, he he's helped me out. Look, he's a lot 
I should say a lot older than me, um, but he's got about 17, 18 years on me and he has more life experience than me. And when I started CLS, I had to put my ego aside. It's something I needed to do better of and right. just realize that I don't know what I don't know. This is a whole new arena to me, right? And, and so Dave helped me a lot. And look, for anyone listening, you got to find mentors. It's the cheat code to accelerate your growth because we don't have all the answers and there's not enough time to try everything yourself. So I surrounded myself with Dave, those guys like Ed, John, and so forth. Um, but the message here is you got to find mentorship. It's something that I really had to challenge myself to do, but it made all the difference in the world. I'm glad that I asked you that question. It wasn't a question I had on my list of questions to ask you, but I know that you really believe in mentorship. And I think a lot of people don't realize that their ego might be keeping them away from engaging with a mentor, hiring a mentor, working with one, because the amount of the right mentor for you will give you so much education. That doesn't mean that you're mimicking them. It is priceless. It's you're not mimicking them. You're taking away what, what you learn and then making it yours. Exactly. And, and Dave Meltzer's wisdom is like, it's, it's like, he's a hundred years old. Right. Right. Because he's so freaking wise. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah. Right? He, uh, and he's been through a lot of stuff, right. Which makes him relatable seasoned and so forth. Uh, look, mentorship is the key. It's the, it's the growth accelerator. And for anybody listening out there that hasn't really stepped into that capacity yet, if you really want to like expedite your right. results and impact here on this short time, that is this human experience, find people that are not necessarily better than you but a little bit further ahead. Well, it's like playing tennis, right? Playing golf, any like starting, you started running marathons. Did you, did you find a coach? Just, it's like finding a coach. How do I run a marathon? Like, you know, I I love that story. Can you share that? Why you started running marathons? Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I I was, I'm not sure if I found running or running found me. Mm. I'm very spiritual these days. I love that. And I believe in a lot of divine intervention. Um, But in that dark time, I just found running it and I would just became obsessed with it as I do most things and I have addictive personality in a good way. Um, and I just was so fascinated by the first couple of runs that really humbled me and then made me think, am I really physically tired or is it my perception of effort? And I realized, wait a minute, I could put one foot in front of the other and run a little longer. And the next thing you know, I'm running four marathons that year. And, and I just think it's such, I think running, the sport is so pure, natural, and beautiful. I'm romantic about it. I think that if anybody is physically able to put one foot in front of the other, you can run far. It's the voice in your head. It's the ego. It's the devil. Whatever you believe in, that we have to create systems to block out that interference. And I just love the correlation between running and life. I've never run. I've, I just... I, I stopped rowing crew because I had to run. I went to school in Boston. So I had to run from, I, I went to Simmons college up the street from Kenmore square. And we had to run to the Harvard boathouse. That's where we, that's where we rode. Yeah. And I stopped rowing because I hated the running so much. So well, sounds like a cool sport. It was really cool. It was really fun, but we had to run there. That was our warm up. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, you're right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But so then what happens is Let's just talk about this hit and run accident you had just a couple of months ago. What happened and how are you? Yeah, um, it's funny. A year ago, I was at a speaking engagement with Dave and some other people, and I got injured playing football on the beach with the boys, and it was misdiagnosed, a sprained ligament. There ended up being a tumor in my foot. Um, I got surgery, crutches, stitches, came back benign, thank God. Uh, and I still ended up running the New York City Marathon to inspire my dad, raise some money for cancer a couple months later with no physical training, ran the fast ever ran. This year, it seems Amazing. like- Congratulations. Thank you. It seems like something always happens right before a marathon. Uh, but let's let's change that perspective. Um, I was crossing the street like I always do uh, on August 12th. And I looked to the right on 37th between 1st and 2nd and- it's a side street. shouldn't be that busy. There's a blue car coming right at me speeding. I can't even believe it. By the time I see it, it's probably like, I would say six feet away, maybe less. And I just said to myself in that split second, I ain't getting out of this. If 
but how do we minimize the damage? So I planted my feet and I put my forearm out because my thought process was if this thing destroys my arm, I could recover potentially. But if I flip over this car and land in my head, maybe not. Right. So it hits me right in the arm. I, I spin around and it grazes my hip, takes off two, two red lights, gone. Um, I was really shaken up more mentally than physically. Physically, I can't even believe it. Not a coincidence. Uh, physically, relatively unscathed. I'm fine. You knew Great. it. You knew it. You knew it. Even as you saw that car coming, you knew it. You I what? believe you knew that you were going to walk away unscathed. I wasn't scared. No, I could tell that. And I don't even know you until today, but I could tell that about you. No one's ever pinpointed that like you just did. I really wasn't scared. I just, I was more playing like, oh, how do we be proactive? Right. Um, yeah. But emotionally I, I was shaken up a little bit. I ended up finally getting the footage and, and look, this is like a topic for a whole different conversation, but New York City's a war zone right now. It is. You know, the NYPD was basically like, even if this guy came in and confessed, he'd probably go to court, get a ticket. It's just, there's no consequence these days in this place. I'm like, that's sad to hear. It gave me a little bit of closure. It is what it is. I know what happened for me, not to me. And I'm moving forward. Uh, it is what it is, you know, but um, I don't believe in coincidence. I feel very blessed, uh, but certainly a, a crazy situation. The lesson that I got from it is, look, I wasn't one of those cats that was like in a dead end job and, you know, miserable where I needed a new lease on life. I'm already exhilarated at this season of my life. I'm on fire for life. What it did do is help me be even more mindful present in this conversation right now with you. I don't care about my meeting at 12 and I don't care what happened before. I'm just me and you right now. I just want to be as mindful and present in every single encounter. Definitely shook me up. Um, but, but uh, I know what happened for me, not to me. I say that a lot to people that I love all the time. And I, of course, my dog is going to bark during this and she's not a little shih tzu either. So I apologize. I apologize. She, normally doesn't, she doesn't normally come in here with me. So it happens to for you, not to you, because we could either have the victim mentality. Right. Or I look at things and you do too. Why is this happening for me? Universe, explain to me why this is happening. And for people who cannot grasp their head around that mentality, excuse me for one second. I'm going to just pause this. Sure. You have a great thought. Okay. Here we are. We're back. We are back. So how do you help people? wrap their head around that mentality, because I'm sure that's part of the CLS experience. How do they wrap their head? People come to you that are feeling maybe a little broken, um, maybe a little scared, maybe unsure about what the next step is, but they know they're not fulfilled. They're not joyful. I, I use the word joyful a lot because I joyful, fulfilled, but when somebody just doesn't get it, they, they see somebody, they hear somebody like you and they're like, I want to be like that guy. How is he so positive? How could I wrap my head around this and change my mindset? How do you help people like that? I think that extreme ownership and accountability is massive because when you live your life with extreme ownership, you're never a victim, right? Like even when like my team, cause we're hiring and scaling and, and we're growing fast now. And like, if my employee does something or didn't get the result or, or makes an error, I don't blame them. I say, how can I have communicated more effectively so that she could have done her task better? Right. And like, I just, in every single situation, I assume ownership and accountability that it's always up to me. And when you have that mindset, you're never a victim right? Because you're never having a pity party. You're never feeling sorry for yourself. Say that again for me. I love that. You're never a victim. You're never feeling sorry for yourself as long as you assume ownership and accountability. For example, when I had the tool in my foot, I was shaken up. Nobody likes to hear that word. Or even when I got hit by the car, I said, I don't know exactly why this is happening right now, but I'm excited to find out. I know that there's going to be a big lesson that's going to propel and protect me even further along. Whereas the old Craig of three years ago would have certainly had a pity party. Why me? Right now, it's more like, try me. And it's just a mindset shift. And when you choose, and I want to be clear with that, it's a choice to live life like that. You're no longer ever a victim. 
You're always taking ownership and accountability. And that's just a more powerful place to operate from, in my personal opinion. How did you get there, though? What kind of work did you do on yourself? All the work. Every single day, staying mentally fit, feeding myself, reading books, listening to podcasts, sharpening the axe, speaking to people. I'm always working myself each and every single day. So it, it's just, I just chose to, to reinvent myself in this world. And, and part of the new DNA that, that I was going to reinvent myself with was accountability and ownership. And, and trust me when I tell you for the audience listening, that's like, that sounds great, but these are my circumstances. This actually did happen to me. That's a choice. That's a perspective. And that's your choice to see it that way. I completely, completely agree with you. Let's talk about your fitness routine. Uh, you show on your social media platforms, you working out and you and I share a love of fitness. I've been doing it, been working out for 40 years because I'm that old. And it, I, I talk about how it's more mental than it is physical, that the outside of our bodies are a reflection of the work that we've done inside of our head. Ooh. And so much of okay. what we need to get through life and stay determined and not feel victimized and understanding why things are happening for us has to do with that physical and mental balance. So what have you always worked out? What do you get out of it? Is it a place where you just go clear your head or what goes through your head when you are working out and how do you stay motivated to go keep going every day or every other day? So it's a great question. I'm so glad that we touched upon this. And I guess it was only a matter of time between our personalities. So much synergy here, by the way. Love this. Me too. Um, in I knew this was going to happen. This is why I was determined to get you on this show. You were. And I'm like, you are uh, not, this, I'm not taking no for an answer from you. You were relentless. And I want to acknowledge Sorry that. Sorry about you, that. <laughs> oh, I love, I love that trait. Um, in regards to working out, I started working out when I was in high school. I, and I lifted weights probably for about, I would say, 15 years. That was my thing. Go to the gym. I used to be 20, 30 pounds heavier, more of a meathead. Right. Nothing like, like competition or anything like that. I just like to lift weights and, and look muscular. Uh, and, and it was probably for validation, if I'm being honest. I wanted to look good. Right. And now, boy, have things changed as I reinvented myself in this world. Working out for me is, is solely uh, a metaphor and for, for my mental aspect. Right. So like for me, every day when I wake up, I bang out a workout really seven days a week. Um, it's a non-negotiable, but it's not uh, it's, I'm not one of those cats. that's like, oh, I have you know, I, I know I want to go to the gym. Sometimes I have to force myself. I genuinely love to work out every single day. It's one of my happy places. I love it. Um, five days a week I'm running because I'm training for these marathons, which takes a lot, uh, in terms of training. And the other days I'll go upstairs to my gym and work out and clang and bang a little bit. Um, but I love them running for me is a moving meditation and, and lifting weights in the gym. Although it was once a priority. Now it's more like to maintain. I just love it. And I think like, for me, I get it done. One of the first things in the morning I'm done by 8am before most people, I like to say accomplishing a whole day. And it's like, I've already done all these things. I have such an edge. I have momentum. Uh, it's a competitive advantage, right? So I think working out is so good for so many reasons. Number one, you're already ahead of the curve. You've done something productive. You look good. That certainly doesn't hurt. Let's be honest, because look good, feel good. Absolutely. And ultimately, like for your heart, right? You want to stay healthy. And just for the mindset, the mental stimulation of it. I mean, I can go on all day on why it's so good for me, but I'll land the plane with this. Whereas it used to be, for validation to look good. Now that's just a bonus. Uh, I, I just, it, it's just a part of my life. It's a lifestyle. It, it's it's lifestyle. a non-negotiable. Uh, I'm working out each and every single day that I can. And, and I genuinely love it. It's a treat if I'm being honest. And like, look, if you have the ability to work out, like if you should be so fortunate enough, I, I think you should. And it doesn't have to be the same for everyone. I love running. You don't like running, right? Some other people like lifting weights. Some like CrossFit or, or soul cycling. Yeah. Find your thing, whatever it yes. is, um, but, but make it part of your routine. It's just good for you. And don't think about it. Just do it. You know, Mel Robbins talks about five, four, three, two, one, go. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And, and I use that a lot because sometimes I do go to the gym because I 
I just sold my studio. So now I'm working out at a regular gym and, you know, sometimes I'm like, I could be doing this or I could be doing that. And as soon as I walk into that gym, everything shifts, everything shifts. Don't talk to me. Let me, because it is my form of meditation. I put on my music. I don't want to talk to anybody and I just bang it out. And because I'm getting ready to do a show in the spring, I'm working out a little bit harder right now than I normally would. But I, I, I think it's important for the listeners to understand that it's not lifting weights doesn't have to be your thing just right. because you and I enjoy that. It is just a form of movement that becomes your meditation. So it you don't have to copy what somebody who somebody else who's successful at that is doing. It's just find you. It's like when you started your business, you weren't going to be like Tony Robbins. You looked up to him and my lad, Dave Meltzer, you were going to be Craig. That's right. You were going to be Craig and it was going to be your most authentic vision of you helping other people. And this feeling of, and I, the fitness part, the mental part of being fit is that you do have that little bit of edge. You do have that competition with yourself that is so important. It's not maybe you're our younger selves. It was, hey, I want to look better than Jimmy over there. I want the girls to think that I have big muscles or whatever it was for the reason you wanted to feel better about yourself. But now it gives you that mental edge. And for me, I didn't know that I was mentally competitive until I started competing in fitness shows. And I thought, oh, damn, I'm really competitive, not with other people, but with myself. And I think that's what makes you also successful and can help other people. Yeah, I love that. And also, I want to acknowledge you. And, and this could be controversial. I don't know, but I think it's important to say you have something in the calendar right now that you're training for a competition. I think everybody, if they don't already, should consider putting something in the calendar that, for lack of better words, scares the shit out of you. However, forces you to level up in all areas of life. Nutrition, discipline, structure, working out, maybe getting more rest, maybe cutting down on the booze, whatever the case may be. There's a million good reasons as to why having a big goal in the calendar helps you level up in your life. For me, it's marathons, it's competitions. For anybody, it could be maybe lose 15 pounds for your wedding, whatever the case may be. It's just good for you to have a target that you're striving for 100%. Do people look at you as if you're crazy sometimes? Like, like Craig, why don't you just stop? Why don't you slow down? Hey, dude, you, you've, you've made a lot of money. You've, you've have all these celebrities on your show. You're, you're helping so many people. Why can't you slow down? I get that question asked a lot. Like, so you're going to retire, Jody? Like, hell no, I'm not going to retire. You know, I did, I competed in Latin dancing last year for six months. And I said, I'm not going to stop until I win. And I did. And now I'm back to competing for a fitness show. But when people say that to you, you just, what is your answer when they say, why don't you just slow down, dude? Like To be honest with you, I don't even really hear that because I'm not available for it. And I, you're I'm not a, surrounding yourself with people who are going right, to give you that energy. Yes, right. yes, I'm yes. available for people like you, right? I like that. that. Lifting, that are elevated, high frequency, high vibes. So I don't hear it, but but if they are chatting about it, Look to each their own. I'm going 100 miles an hour between now and the last day of this human experience. I spent a good amount of time not fulfilled, right? And not happy, if I'm being honest. Now and now I, you're really happy. You're just newly engaged, right? That's it. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you so much. And I just want to make every second count for so many reasons. But number one, like I'm having fun and also I'm obsessed with growth, right? Like I ran the Chicago Marathon last week. I had a PR, which is the fastest I ever ran. And I was disappointed because I know it was a miss. I had been training really hard and I know I could have done better. And people are like, why don't you like be, th I'm very thankful and grateful for that time. Right. Um, but I know I could be better and, and I want to be better, right? And I don't, I'm obsessed with growth and, and I think it's a great obsession. So for anyone out there that, doesn't vibe with the fact that I'm not slowing down. Uh, maybe I'm not for you. you. Know, you're, that's not for, okay. you're not for them. Right. You, they can get off the train. That's okay. Uh, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Do you ever have a day where you're not driven? I mean, you've got to be somewhat 
normal, right? Yeah. There's got to be. And what do you do to get yourself out of that hour or two funk, or maybe it's a day? Yeah. What do you do? Question. So, of course, I do. I'm human, right. as far as I know. And, um, you know, back in the day, those might have been weeks, um, even maybe a year or two ago, there might have been days. Now, I try to minimize them to just moments. And the best way I know how to snap out of those, if they do come, uh, is to, number one, be super grateful for something at the moment because you can't be pretty miserable and grateful at the same time. And then number two, what I like to do is I like to stack magical moments. And what I mean by that is I'm not worried about what's going to happen later in the day or what happened yesterday. If I just bring my A game and give everything I got to this one activity, like this conversation right now, I, it, it's like a portal to expansion, being super yeah. mindful, right? Like I'm not big in meditating, um, but one thing I do know is the more mindful I am and present, it becomes a portal to expansion. So like the only thing I'm thinking about in the world right now is you and this conversation and how we can deliver best for your audience. And if I was having a bad day before this, it's gone because I'm just so mindful and present with you. And then all of a sudden it's like, we have momentum. Now I can't wait for the next activity. And so I guess my best advice would be for anyone listening is just do the best that you can with your next task. I don't care if it's brushing your teeth, do the best that you can get a little momentum, forget about what's happening later or what happened before and just be present and mindful. And all of a sudden it brings you to that moment and it gives you momentum and helps me snap out of a funk. How do you help people who struggle with that? I'm not a big meditator either. Yeah. Uh, I find the meditating again. When's when your birthday, I'm, Jody? I'm a Capricorn, 12, 27. What oh. about you? April 27th. Oh, so you're a Taurus. Correct. Yes. I'm married to a Taurus and I was married to a Virgo. So I like earth signs. Um, cool. They need, they keep me grounded. Otherwise I'd be up here flying in the sky. <laughs> I you know. Uh, yeah, like if there and if there's an air sign that's good flying by me, ooh, I'm gonna go like that. But I know that deep down, like yes, and I'm like triple Earth. I'm like triple Capricorn. That's I, <laughs> I don't has something to do with. We'll save that for the sequel. Yes, yes. So for people that can't get their head around getting out of that, how does the CLS experience help them? Would tell me exactly what your mission is CLS. I want everybody to understand that reinvention is ready when they are. And what I mean by that is this. Yes, I completely reinvented my career, um, but most importantly, I reinvented my identity, how I was showing up in the world. And when I did that, everything opened up. My career, a career to die for, a fiance, um, you name it, like blessings galore and great opportunities. And so wherever you are right now in your life, if you're not where you thought you'd be or where you want to be, forgive yourself. And all that matters is what you do next. And if you're committed to reinventing yourself, which might just mean you know that you're here for more, everything can change in an instant. And trust me, a lot can happen in a short time once you buy in. Where you're at is not a life sentence. You can reinvent yourself at any time. And I think right now it could change, but right now that's the biggest core message of CLS is reinvention. I am a huge proponent of reinvention. I'm going through it right now as you know, I'm, I'm not training clients anymore. So it's not really, you know, retirement, it's reinvention. So it's a beautiful time at any time in your life. It's never too late. And so many women in particular that I work with feel that, oh, I'm in my 60s. It's too late. That's what I'm here for, you know? And if you can help more people realize that reinvention is right there, right in front of them, they just have to let go of the fear. I know I'm really simplifying it, but that's a part of it, right? 100%. I love the way you simplify that. Make it like, you know, practical. Let go of the fear. And also, like if you're if you're being held back, that's your ego telling you that you're not here for more, right? That you should play small. That's that's nonsense. You're here to play big. And just remember, every time that you show up as your highest self, you're encouraging other people to do the same, right? The biggest ROI, return on investment, is that somebody's gonna breathe different oxygen 
because you and I showed up and had this conversation. They'll come back to you and say, Jody, I heard your conversation with Craig. You really shifted my perspective. I started to think differently. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, that's, that's my goal with, with everything that I do too. And I, that's why I knew we would really, we would really yeah. vibe. So what do you do for fun? This, <laughs> I, I know that's not the best answer, but like, no, my, no, I, I get it. It's funny. Cause these are my dinner conversations. I mm-hmm. love growth. I love this stuff. I run marathons for fun. I'm obsessed with that stuff. I love to hang out with my fiance, my family, you know, we're planning a wedding. Uh, I love to laugh. My guilty pleasures are, I love movies. Um, you know, I, I love to watch a good movie. I, I love professional wrestling, which surprised people. It's kind of funny. I heard that you like that. Yeah. What's that all about? I just grew up with it. I always loved yeah. the larger than life figures. Now I've become really good friends. With a lot of them, some of them have been on the podcast. Uh, I'm, my soul is lit. This is what I do for fun, but it's also Me? a career. Me too. I love doing this. And I, I, this is, this to me just fills me up so much because I want to help people with people like you live that fearlessly authentic life. Because for me, I was scared of, of being my authentic self for so long. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And every time I think about, well, maybe I'll change the name of the show. I'm like, no, I like it. I really like it. And I, I think that overcoming those fears opens up a whole world for you because when you step over it or you embrace it, then you're living, you're on your way to living your truest life. And there was something I wanted to ask you about something you said a few minutes ago. And I, I meant to ask you that, do you believe that what you're doing right now, not just our conversation, but what, what somebody is doing right now is where they're supposed to be to experience what they're feeling right now to possibly move to the next level. I think you have to be proactive in life, right? Okay. Like you have to, put yourself in situations. Um, you know, for me, the pandemic really provided an opportunity and let me be hundred percent vulnerable and authentic with you right now. If it had not been for the lockdown slash pandemic, I don't know if CLS would have been born because I wasn't taking the time necessary to reassess, to ask myself the tough questions. Like, am I really happy? Uh, again, I don't believe in coincidences. Everything happened for me. So I think you can't just sit around and say, oh, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. You have to take some sort of aligned action, go to an event, listen to a podcast, surround yourself with people that are a little bit further ahead, figure something out, grab a journal, right? Get some clarity, ask yourself what your passions are. You got to do something. You can't just sit still. Um, but also there's, there's a thing to be said about working in, in the feminine energy, right? And then allowing, it's not always grind, do, do, do. Sometimes it's just be and allow, uh, but I love I love that you brought in feminine energy. Hell yeah. Something I've, I've really worked on. And um, I've worked on it too, because I've always gone forward with masculine energy. Same. same. And well, you're a man. So yeah. for me, having going forward, having a business, competing, being a single mom, it was like first being a firstborn. It was all of these, you know trying to please everybody, but also yeah. that lot of masculine energy that I have to pull myself back, which is probably why I did the Latin dancing is to embrace more feminine energy. Yep. And, and also I, the only thing real quick, that's like, what does that mean? Sim- the best way for me to simplify it is mm-hmm. the masculine energy is the grind. Do, do, do where the yes. feminine energy is more be and allow. And they work hand in hand. And if you can find that unbelievable balance of the two, that's when the real magic happens. And I, and I was always a doer and a grinder, um, but but I've really started to understand, allow and be uh, to manifest. And it's really made a big difference. I want this conversation to go on and on, but I have one we'll last question more. for you. We'll do, we'll do more. What does it mean for you to live and be fearlessly authentic? Fulfill your assignment on why you're here to make the biggest impact possible as your truest, authentic, realist self. Show the world who you are and the right people will gravitate towards you and the wrong people gravitate away from you. And that's okay. Just make sure that you're 100% yourself because your gifts are what make you special, what make you stand out. And that's what the world needs. 
Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. Craig, it has been such a pleasure to have you on Fearlessly Authentic. How can people reach you? Come say hello on Instagram or all the social platforms at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. You can check out our website, CultivateLastingSymphony.com, how to join the community and work with us and so forth. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, the CLS experience. And if you love daily inspiration and strategies, you could join our texting community. Uh, text the word Jody. So I know you found us here to 917-634-3796. Wow. So many ways to reach you. I love that. Thank you so much. And maybe next time I'm in New York, I could come and see you. I would love that. Consider it done. Yes. Thank you. Craig Siegel, thank you so much for being on Fearlessly Authentic. Until next week, everybody, go and live your most fearlessly authentic life. Thank you for joining us. Bye, everybody. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.